0: The future is bright in Gainesville. We're going to talk about why the biggest takeaways from spring ball only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Find my rate work with Whole9Sports. It's going to ask that you like, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a comment, let me know what you think about the show and how we can improve it. Uh, Also, it is way different to be sitting here with those sunglasses on compared to taking them off and then things are just way brighter, which is obvious because, you know, sunglasses, but... That, that, that's what we're at. But the biggest takeaway for me from spring ball, I'm going to spend this whole first segment talking about it because I think it's incredibly important. Obviously, that's why it's the biggest takeaway. It is Anthony Richardson QB1. Or you could just say, you know, uh, clearing up the formerly muddied uh, quarterback position, the battle that was supposed to happen and then kind of just ran away with it. Uh, but Anthony Richardson being quarterback one by a mile for me, uh, going into this off season, it was Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, and and who who would transfer in for the Florida Gators, and that ended up being Jack Miller the third. And then we were like, okay, we've got a a, a three headed quarterback battle. And then Emory Jones was like, no, you don't. Uh, he he decided to enter the transfer portal earlier than expected. You know, a lot of people he announced before the bowl game he was entering or he was going to enter after the bowl game, and then he didn't, and it kind of became. Is, is it that Billy Napier wants to keep him around and give him a shot or is it what I'd been hearing was that unless he won the quarterback battle, he was transferring at the end of the semester when he graduates, which is right about now is the end of the semester um, for Florida at least. So Amory Jones gone peaced out after the first couple days of maybe maybe the first spring practice. Um, then it became Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller the third and Anthony Richardson, Again, very quickly ran away with that quarterback one spot. It, it was really hardly a battle for much of spring practice, to the point where I had told you guys I was being told that it became more of Anthony Richardson as quarterback one versus Jack Miller the third and Carlos Darío Wilson for quarterback two. So, so it wasn't even a quarterback one battle anymore. We had our starter. It was quarterback two needed to be decided, then quarterback three. And I was saying, you know, I I think Carlos Darío Wilson. I mean, from all accounts that I'd heard was it was having a strong spring. Um, and then the spring game happened and it was bad with Carlos Urubos. and and Anthony Richardson, of course, came into the spring game, lit it up in every possible way. That was the most accurate I've ever seen him. I'd love to see him do that in meaningful games. Um, and by meaningful games, I mean games that count towards your record. Obviously, the spring game is a meaningful game. It's a great evaluation time and it, it really figures out who your gamers are. Anthony Richardson stepped up in every single way, commanded the pocket, commanded the line, and he was throwing on a rope and pretty accurately. Um, I I, I spoke about this on the Friday episode this past week. I I think his accuracy was much improved, but we've still got to work on ball placement. And I will continue to bring up that Justin Shorter pass where it was just a slant, but Justin Shorter had to catch it back here instead of in front of him. And, And things like that happened a few times. We also had a Justin Shorter deep ball where... It was just out of reach, like the like the ball is getting to the receivers, but it was just out of reach for Justin Shorter, a little little to the little too inside and a little short. Um, but that was clearly like that that's not an arm strength issue. We know Anthony Richardson can throw the ball wherever he wants. It was just a miscalculation of where he should have thrown that ball. So there's things like that. But Anthony Richardson is significantly improved throughout this spring. He has, and you know the knee looks good. He was moving fine at the spring game. So the knee knee looks good. He's looking much improved. He's looking way better than he did last season. And even at the beginning of spring camp where, or beginning of spring ball, where we can definitively say he's either caught an insane hot streak or he was not fully healthy at the start of spring ball. But once he got going, he got going and we could talk about quarterback two with Jack Miller, the third and Carlos DeRio Wilson. What I said was a battle, what I was told was becoming the battle, but, um, if the spring game was heavily weighted in the coaches' minds, quarterback two is Jack Miller the third, and quarterback three is Carlos Darío Wilson. Uh, I will say Jack Miller the third did not play well. Um, he didn't. I, I think that that's fair to say, but I don't think he played poorly either. Um, he he didn't get a ton going for the offense, but I mean he had a few terrible plays, like that that throw into triple coverage. Uh, that was yikes that Donovan McMillan intercepted. There were a few plays where he hit Keon Zipper on a crossing route where Keon Zipper, yes, was wide open, but Jack Miller III hit him in stride, allowed him to pick up extra yards after the catch. I will say, I've been saying, the defense is very talented, and the secondary is very deep. So using these backup receivers against who could be starters on a lot of other SEC teams uh, at cornerback, Hard to measure. You know, Jalen Kember is someone that a lot of Gators fans want to start. That didn't really go great Um, with Jaquavian Frazier's. Frazier's really stepped up and he elevated the quarterback play. That's when Jack Miller III was finding tremendous success. Carlos Carlos Del Rio Wilson stepped in uh, for Anthony Richardson, and it was just bad. Like, Like, it was just bad. Carlos Del Rio Wilson did one thing well, and that was sense pressure but he doesn't know how to navigate a pocket yet. So he sensed the pressure and stepped into it. Um, I, I don't know what he was hoping to accomplish there, but but it, it was bad for him. Uh, again, he's someone that I really like and someone that I really do hope um, kind, kind of steps up and can become someone for these Gators. But right now it's Anthony Richardson as QB1, QB2 is Jack Miller third, and QB3 is Carlos Del Rio Wilson. I almost said Emory Jones. is Carlos Del Rio Wilson, Uh, And and that's pretty much etched in stone right now. I mean, maybe we can have Jalen Kitna battling QB3, but Jalen Kitna, when he got into the game, handed the ball off. Um, That's it. (laughs) That's all we saw, really. Uh, So it wasn't anything to go crazy about, but who knows? But right now we know QB1, we know QB2. Behind them... Figure it out. You got a few months to figure it out, though, so it's nothing to really stress about. We're going to talk about other takeaways from spring ball, not just the spring game, but spring ball. But first, we'll talk to you guys about Bet Online because March Madness is over, the MLB is here, NBA playoffs are happening. It's big news. The NHL. Yeah, nice, nice heating up right now, um, but you can make money in so many ways with BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much, not just basketball, baseball, football, soccer, base, whatever whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to say baseball a second time, but that's just because there are so many things you can bet on with BetOnline. You can bet on reality TV, award shows, politics, finances, aliens invading, everything that you want to. Head to the website today or use your mobile device, Kachuga right there. I'm just going to use different Pixar references um, to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online; It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We've got our second and third takeaways in this segment. The second takeaway, I kind of touched on it a little bit, Depth will be a serious issue for the Florida Gators. If if injuries happen and, and unforeseen circumstances happen, depth is going to be an issue. Uh, 31-0 was more about the second-team offense being completely outmatched than anything else. And that's kind of rough because you could look at receiver. I said Jaquavion Frazier's. He was the guy. He elevated the rest of the offense. He elevated the quarterback play from Jack Miller the third. He elevated the other receivers. He did everything. Uh, he he had a great day. I you guys know like Jalen Kimber, someone that a lot of people want to be corner two. Uh, I'm not on that side. Uh, I think we've got corner one in Jason Marshall Jr. I think we've got corner two in Avery Helm. Uh, I think Jalen Kimber should rotate in but he's not that guy. And Jaquavian Frazier's dogged the entire time. you know. And to Jalen Kimber's defense, he was right there every single time. He was right on Jaquavian Frazier's every single time. But uh, Jalen Kimber, just honestly, like I said, he doesn't have it in him right now to get his head around and make a play on the ball. He's just not there. And again, that's way easier said than done. I've said this so many times. That is way easier said than done but it happened. So receiver depth is going to be a major issue for the Florida Gators. Tight end depth has already been an issue with all the injuries and everything that's been happening there. So tight end has been a major issue. They, they've they patched it up a little bit by a uh, Noah Keeter flipping from the defensive sides of the offense. Dante Zanders could flip from defense side and be the potential starting tight end, one of the two starting tight ends for the Florida Gators. Um, offensive line, there are three two or three guys that are ready to step in right now in a starter role. But if injuries do happen a ton, we'll talk about this a little later, but if injuries do pile up, that's going to be an issue. Quarterback right now, we've got Anthony Richardson is like right here compared to all the other quarterbacks. And then we look at quarterback two, and that's Jack Miller, the third, and he's kind of right here, which I'm I'm scaling for size. It's way bigger, the gap, Uh, but I'm scaling it for size of the screen. So we've got QB one, Anthony Richardson. We've got QB two, Jack Miller, the third, and then again, scaled for size. Um, so the gap is actually bigger than you see right down. I need to get a spot that you guys see right there. That that's QB three. That's Carlos Drew Wilson. There's a massive gap here. So quarterback depth will be an issue. Anthony Richardson has struggled with injuries. I mean, dating back to high school. So that's going to be an issue. If he gets injured, then we've got Jack Miller, the third and behind him, just a bunch of question marks right now. So that's going to be a major, major concern for me right now is the quarterback issue. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth. Probably later this week or next week. Um, so we have got that with the quarterbacks. We've got defensive line. I, I am still a little hesitant talking about that interior defensive line. I am we've got Jalen Humphreys, Jalen Lee, Desmond Watson, and they're all as, as nose tackles. Um, they're all reliable nose tackles, or they could they all have their role that they could fill, but behind them, not a ton of depth. Looking at three tech, you've got Javon Dexter and Chris McClellan, not a ton of depth. Edge is a bunch of question marks right now. I'm I'm not going to say I doubt them, but right now it's a bunch of question marks. Depth is an issue. Like, Like, proven depth is an issue. So depth for the Florida Gators could be a worrisome point. And again, like I said, like that spring game being the Florida Gators starting offense for starting defense and then second string offense for second string defense, it being a shutout says more to me about how good the second team defense is than anything else. I I think that our first team offense could be great when you have someone like Anthony Richardson, you stretch a defense so much. So that's important to talk about. Uh, Also, they weren't all the starters available. There were some injuries and and things like that, but uh, yeah, I I think when you, when you look at just that spring game, I think the biggest takeaway is the lack of depth on the starting offense and the insane talent for the second team or the lack of depth on the, second team offense and the insane talent on the second team defense where a lot of those guys could start elsewhere. Um, but I think that's a big takeaway. And then the third takeaway, kind of similar to the depth here, uh, DeWan Black is worth the hype. And again, I'm not sorting these and any issues. It's, it's just biggest takeaway was the first one. And after that, it's just the other takeaways and it's not all the takeaways. Obviously there are more than five takeaways, but DeJuan Black is worth the hype. And I talk about this because like specifically with DeJuan Black, because one black is someone who he feels like he's been a Florida Gator forever. I mean, last year was his first year in Gainesville. He had, you know, committed and ineligibility and went to Juco and then came to Florida. But that's the thing. Like, like it feels like he's been a Florida Gator for so long. And, and even when he was at Juco, it was always, I'm going to Gainesville. Like, that was never a legitimate question with what DeWan Black is doing. DeWan Black has been a Florida Gator at heart for years, and he's been someone that Gators fans like myself, and I'm sure so many of you, have thought about DeWan Black as a Gator for so long because he's been a Gator at heart. He's been a Gator at my heart for so long, and I'm glad he's here. And, you know, last season, we were like, DeWan Black is going to step in and cook. He's just going to be a beast. And then Todd Grantham was like... <laughs> I'm a bad coach. So that ain't going to happen. Um, and Dewan Black was kind of sidelined the entire year. Uh, he, he was kept in the stables, but now not so much. Dewan Black is getting significant playing time with his defense, at least in spring ball. He had one of the best spring games out of anybody else. Uh, so, so that's insane. And he, like he was one of the best players, not named Anthony Richardson on the field. He, he had a freaky good spring game. Uh, and in this defense, he's going to be a vital part. And it's I've mentioned that I think he should be a starter opposite Ventro Miller. I still believe that. I think one of the reasons that we saw him and Wingo and Williams as back as the, that second team, uh, I think part of that was to see what it would be like to have them on the field at the same time. Because that's a really light duo, whether you're talking Wingo Black or Black Williams or Wingo Williams, whatever it is. That's a very light linebacker duo to have on the field. So I think, it's, I think it was important to see how they perform. Uh, and I, I think they did well. I, I don't think that the second team offense was really running the ball with a ton of success. That could be attributed more to the defensive line play or the lack of offensive line uh, strength as the backups there. Like I said, we got two or three guys but not a ton, um, but but DeJuan Black, he did everything. Since he's gotten on campus, he has done everything he's been asked of. We have never really heard him be disgruntled or announce his displeasure with anything, and he has just lit it up every time he's been asked to. Um, and I, I think now this season, he's really going to put it all together, and he's really Really going to surprise a lot of Gators fans, or maybe not surprise because we've been hyping him up for so long. But the one black has been worth every single bit of it, and I think that that will continue to ring true this season. Maybe last year was he's got to catch up to the playbook or he's got to learn some stuff. But I mean, that spring game, he looked like the game slowed down for him. Like he looked like he was. You ever watched the Flash on CW when they kind of show us how things happen, and it's actually just like everybody moves to an absolute crawl while Barry Allen's just like, you know, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just doing it. That's kind of what DeJuan Black looked like in that spring game. He was moving, moving, and he will be moving, moving this fall. We're about to talk about the final takeaways from spring ball. But first, you're going to hear a word from our sponsors, who I don't know who it is. It's going to be geolocated, but you're going to hear them. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the fourth and fifth takeaways from spring ball. Again, it's just spring ball. It's not spring game, not not a specific spring anything. It's just spring ball. Um, Fourth is the fourth takeaway. Again, this is not necessarily in order. The first takeaway was the biggest one. Everything else after that is just other takeaways to talk about. The defense is legit. Um, That is something that I've been saying forever. I've been saying the scheme is phenomenal. The scheme is going to maximize talent. And I'm not giving all the credit to the scheme. I think the Florida Gators have multiple all-SEC players this year. I think they have defensively two all-American, three all-American talents in Rashad Torrance II, Brenton Cox Jr., and Jervon Dexter. I think that they're all phenomenal talents. I think they'll all be all-Americans at the very worst, all-SEC players, if they live up to the hype. You know, Brenton Cox junior We've got to see him not just make splash plays, but but be consistently dominant. Javon Dexter, same thing. Rashad Torrance, keep doing you. Like you got screwed over last year. It's, it's as simple as that. But the defensive line and the edge group, phenomenal talent at the top. Not a ton of depth. This is one of those issues where we go, depth depth could be an issue because we've got we've got guys, but we don't know how they will perform if thrust into a starting role. That, that's the thing with so many, where the only two guys where we know what they can do in a starting role is Brenton Cox Jr. and Javon Dexter. Those are the only two guys where we know what they can do in a full-time starting role. Princely woman Mia Lean, love them, haven't seen them in a full-time role. I think it'll be fine. Again, I'm not saying that these guys won't work out. I'm just saying, I think some of them will be fine. Some of them I'm a little more skeptical of, but we're going to figure it out and then but right now it's a little bit of a question mark like Desmond Watson if he's a starter he's someone I'm, I'm skeptical of I like I've been saying I've not seen him make enough pop plays uh to to really have me just go okay he could be the guy like, like that's as simple as that Prince William and Mielin, I think he could do it uh Chris McLellan is someone that I mean he's not going to be starting but he's someone that could contribute uh looking at the linebackers they're solid all around um you know, we got DeWan Black as someone who we're all very high on. Ventra Miller, we know what he is. He He's a coverage, I don't want to say liability, but he it's not his strong suit. Uh, run defense is where he's going to make his money, and he will make his money. I I, I can tell you guys that. Uh, so Ventra Miller is going to be the, the alpha of the group. Dewan Black is, is another guy who's going to be a great combo. And like I've been saying, I think that, they have a lot of specialists in the linebackers group. You know, you've got Ventro Miller for run defense. You've got Amari Bernie for run defense. You've got uh, Scooby Williams and DeWan Black are, are light pass coverage guys. Uh, I think that, it, I think that this team would benefit from keeping one run specialist on and one pass specialist on and just be like, Hey, we're, we're well-rounded no matter what it is, unless it's an obvious running or obvious passing down. I think that's the way to go about it. But uh, a lot of, Solid talent, but again, nothing, nothing spectacular, and no, or no like, oh my lord, we can't put them on the field. Issues looking at the defensive backs, phenomenal. Uh, I've, I've been saying this forever now. I think that Rashad Torrance the second and Trey Dean the third equal the best safety duo in college football, if not the best. Their top three. Um, I think Rashad Torrance the second is the best safety in football. I I'm, especially now that Kyle Hamilton's gone, even though I'm not super high on Kyle Hamilton as it is. Um, but with Kyle Hamilton gone, I think that people will recognize Rashad Torrance more. I think he's a better actual safety, deep safety. Um, I think trade a very good player. I, I've been saying that I think he's got the potential to go all sec this year. Uh, especially in this defense. I think he's going to be much better utilized in this defense. Looking at cornerbacks, Jason Marshall Jr., Avery Helm Jr., or Jason Marshall Jr., Avery Helm, Jalen Kimber, Jaden Hill. I don't care who you put out there, honestly. Any combination of those four, I'm cool with. I would prefer Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm, but if if it's Jaden Hill or Jalen Kimber, I don't care. If it works, I don't care. Genuinely, it's as simple as that. Um, I have my preference, but... If that don't happen, that don't happen. Star, Travis Johnson, Jadarius Perkins. I think we'll see Trey Dean maybe shift into this role a little bit sometimes. Um, I think that we might see a corner slip in this time, like Jaden Hill or Avery Helm or Jalen Kimber, whoever, maybe even Jason Marshall slides in. We have two other corners out wide, whatever it might be. I think the defensive back group is very, very good. I think they're in a ton. I think they're in a phenomenal position right now depth will not be an issue for them. I, th- I think we've got four guys who could start on pretty much any team at corner. We've got two guys who could start at pretty much any team at safety and a lot of great, a tier, a talent level backups with like Donovan McMillan as someone that I'm incredibly high. Kamari Wilson looks like he's ready to go. Like right. He looks like he is revved up and ready to go. So I think when you look at the defense, it, it's legit. It's it's a phenomenal group, and they're, they're well-rounded, and they also have phenomenal scheme around them, so I think they're going to be great. Uh, and the fifth thing to talk about, the fifth takeaway for me from spring ball, the offensive line will be significantly improved. Not saying much. Uh, I like to just say the offensive line will be significantly improved it means nothing, obviously, because the offensive line last year was one of the worst in college football um especially when you consider what the expectations were going into the season to what they wound up being I think you could I think you can make the case that they're the worst in college football Uh, just just the biggest letdown last season um but when I say the offensive line will be significantly improved I mean it in the sense that I think they will legitimately be impressive this year I think they'll be at the very worst on above average unit and that is a massive turnaround from last season where again they were one of the worst teams I believe they had the fourth worst run blocking grade on PFF as a unit uh, in all of college football. And I realize that I am also skeptical of those grades in the sense of like, you got to take them with context, but it's important to talk about them having one of the worst run blocking grades in college football. But what I I believe the best run rushing grade. So ball carriers had the best rushing grade but the offensive line had one of the worst run-blocking grades because ball carries, they just created this offense. Like like last year, should have been worse than it was if you just look at the offensive line, but the rushers were so talented. Anthony Richardson did a ton. Emery Jones did a ton as a rusher. Damian Pierce, I mean, if he had more carries, we're looking at a completely different season. Naquan Wright, Malik Davis, everybody stepped up for that that offense. Uh, The offensive line, though, they're going to be the ones stepping up this year. You've got a a new starting quarterback, a a guy who's never started or who started one game before. You've got receivers who are not insanely dynamic players. You got to give your quarterback time. You got to give them time to run their routes. You've got a, a new rushing attack, a revamped rushing attack where everything looks like it's shaping up, and this offensive line looks like they're really taking well to coaching from Rob Sale, who's, of course, got NFL experience. He's got offensive coordinator experience. Billy Napier is, of course, someone who's going to be the play caller, he, and he, he's just so talented as a coach. We love him. Uh, I, I think that this group is going to be way better than we, than we saw last year. Again, I think at worst, they're above average. I don't think they're going to be elite. I don't think they've got an elite ceiling right now. But I think they've got a very good ceiling. And by very good, I mean they could be a a tops, top 20 line in college football, well-rounded. I I think they could be a top 20 overall line in college football. I think they'll taper off. I think we'll see them go top 40, top 50 offensive line in college football. But I'm good with that, considering that we had one of the worst last year. They were bad at pass blocking. They were bad at run blocking. They were just bad. Uh, But again, like I've said, because you look at the line, and it's a lot of guys returning. But like I've been saying forever, and I will continue to say, it is not about how you perform individually. It is about how you perform as a unit. And this offensive line, they look like they're a much more well-oiled unit than we saw last season. So I'm excited for them. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. With more on your Florida Gators, going to talk a bit about basketball tomorrow with all the commits and decommits and all that stuff. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked on Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.